Welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, back with my super co-host, Corbin Ford, to break down another Dallas win. Another win. We've tied it up at 2-2. Um, Dallas takes this game decidedly at 111-101. to It is now even at two apiece. Um, before we get going, folks, there is no such thing as fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our, our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned in draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of the premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. Seriously, cook, our, cook yourself one extra lunch per month. Do whatever you got to do, but it's only $5.99, so please pick it up. These guys do a tremendous job. We all love to win, so I'm sure I'll see you there. That being said, Corbin, man, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas has tied it up. After so <laughs> much doom and gloom in the first two games, I mean, what could go right did go right for them in these next two games here at home um, where they took both of these games in almost dominant fashion. I mean. Game three was 103 to 94, although the score wouldn't indicate it was even that close. And then this game was 111 to 101. And I'm not sure if people that were watching would think it's that close. Um, obviously, the defense has picked up. I've noticed that. I'm sure the world has noticed that. The others have also um, started to chip in as well. I know Shaquille O'Neal has coined that phrase, but the others are very important. And I know we spoke on that. Um, in the first two games in terms of just having consistency from the supporting cast. What's the biggest thing you take away from game four? Honestly, bro, first thing I do is eat some humble, uh, eat some crow, because I was like, ah, man, this is over. Like, Phoenix have to jump on these guys. You know, they're isolating Luka. Who's going to step up? I didn't see it happen. I was a doom and gloom. And all it needed, a little Donando was a little home cooking. You know, uh, the Mavericks got back. I think my favorite part is seeing, like you said, these other guys step up, guys I was hopeful would kind of come alive uh, that hadn't so far in the series did. First, we had Jalen Brunson in game three, kind of get unleashed a little bit after being held in check by Devin Booker through the first two games. He finally had more of a game that was reminiscent of the first round. And then in the second game, not only did we see Dorian Finney-Smith get on the action and really set the tone, but also... Peja Bertans, yo. Davis Bertans went crazy. Uh, in 12 minutes, I started off four for four, end up four for five from three. And this is the type of performances that you and I did reference to, Lawrence, that these other guys had to step up to give Luca that help. And Luca, although he didn't have the greatest stat line scoring-wise, he was able to use his size and, and pick the defense apart while isolating on smaller guards to get these guys their open looks. And credit to the other Mavericks, they knocked him down. Yeah, and... I mean, there's so many things to point at and so many things. And, and, and again, I have to, you know, eat a little crow as well. Not necessarily because I predict that that they would, you know, lose, um, you know, the series because I thought it would go seven. And for me, it was more of a salute to the Dallas Mavericks to even push them to that, push them to the brink. But more so about, you know, how they just completely flipped the script because I couldn't give two reasons why they were going to make this a competitive series other than the fact that they just hadn't played at home and I know home 
home crowd has been a, a huge game changer for them in this series. And I know we're a little bit away from what we had to deal with in the bubble, but man, does it really show when your home crowd is behind you? I mean, you look at what they were able to do last night. You look at a team like the Golden State Warriors who got back home and their comfy confines and the way they were able to perform. And I mean, the list goes down the line. The Bucks look like they felt good to be home. And so these home games matter. Like they really do uh, make a difference in terms of energy and, uh, and, and confidence for the opposing team. And so digging deeper into this game, or into the into what's going on with these guys. I mean, you look at the fact that the that the Mavericks, you know, they gave up 129 points and 121 points in the first two games, respectively. Um, and then you they get ready to go. I mean, then they go home and they only give up 94 and 101, which is a clear difference. They they made them, you know, they brought down the shooting percentages because they were shooting otherworldly in Phoenix. I mean, they were they shot 65 percent in one game just to give context to our listeners at how well the Phoenix Suns were scoring the basketball. And it was from anywhere they wanted to get. But watching this game and even in game three, they've just seemed to make it a little more uncomfortable for Phoenix in terms of not giving them comfortable looks. And so they're hedging a little harder on screens. They're helping harder on drives and they're doing their best not to allow DeAndre Aiden to be such a, a pick and roll um, finisher at the rim by having people help the helper. So they're crashing down on him. They're tagging and they're just being extremely active and diligent on making sure they keep able bodies on Devin Booker and Chris Paul at all times. So when you see that, do you think this and, and we know that that Dallas has been a, you know, close to elite defensive team all year. And we've talked about how their defense needed to be pulled along in this series somehow, some way. Do you think this is sustainable the way they're defending or do you think some of this is just Phoenix Suns having two just, you know, horrendously bad games? I, I know it's going to be a cop out, bro, but I'm going to go take a hedge on it and say it's a mix of the two. Because on the one hand, the Suns won 64 games. They're not going to be easily taken out. They, they've seen the defense um, all season, different types of looks, different types of defensive personnel. Yes, the Mavericks have a very stout defensive unit, but, I mean, they played the Warriors. They played other teams, and they're uh, one of the best teams, the best team in the NBA record-wise for a reason. So you do expect them to get a little more uh, accustomed to what they're seeing and adjust accordingly. At the same time, you also knew Dallas had better effort than this. You know, then they were giving the first two games, getting back home, uh, maybe finally getting into the series a little bit. They said at the start until, you know, you get a win on, on the opposing team's uh, home court. So technically that didn't happen yet. So, you know, they, they, they held serve at home. They got a feel for how the defense is going to be. And now we have a truck running outside my job. Love it. Um, but, yeah, it worked out for them. And that's – they were able to play successful in the defense uh, once they understood better uh, their assignments. Absolutely. And so – you know, with that being said, I know that it's been, you know, amongst Mavericks uh, listeners, um, spectators, analysis, everyone has talked about Dallas offense. And even myself, I've talked about Dallas offense because to me, the way I viewed this series was, especially after watching game one and two, is they're not going to necessarily be able to slow them down defensively because of the balanced attack in the seemingly um, um, way in which they were matchup hunting and getting what they wanted. 
I was of the belief that if that's going to be the case, then offensively they have to pick it up and get some con contributions from other guys other than Luca, especially with him having such a high usage rate and looking like a one-man show versus a balanced attack from what Phoenix was giving them. And so, you know, you take a step back and you see, you say, yeah, they're shooting 41% from three. They're shooting 46% from the field overall. So it's not bad. But I was but my thinking was you need to get those big games from Jalen Brunson. You need to get those spike games from Dorian Finney-Smith or a uh, Spencer Dinwiddie in order to stand a chance. But now they've combined the two where the supporting cast is supporting casting. <laughs> and then you get, and then you get <laughs> the fact that, that their defense is picked up as well. And so I think that some of this can be sustained, especially if they can pull along some of these um, supporting cast members to have bigger games. So let's kind of talk about that. You get Jalen Brunson, who I said, I felt like he needed to shoot more threes to offset the fact that he can't have his way in the lane against these longer defenders. He's still not shooting a ton of threes. Even last night, he was only one of three, or yesterday afternoon, he was only one of three, but he had 18 points. He was a plus 16 for the game with four assists, four rebounds. He still made his presence felt, took 17 shots with seven of 17 from the field. And then obviously um, you had uh, Dorian Finney-Smith who had a career playoff best across the board, um, had hit eight threes, had 24 points, um, was a menace on defense continuously. I know Devin Booker still scored 30 plus, but he just made it extremely difficult for him. Didn't allow him to get into a rhythm. Didn't allow Chris Paul to get in a rhythm if they were switched off. Um, and the same can be said for Reggie Bullock, who are both playing very, very high level defense right now. Um, if they when they get this series back to Phoenix, are you counting on Dory Finney-Smith or are you hoping for Dory Finney-Smith that we got in the two home games in Dallas? So I feel more um, we're hoping to get something close to that. You know, hopefully him knocking down that many threes is something that we saw Max Kleber in round one. That gives him confidence to at least maintain himself as a steady offensive threat for, throughout the duration of this series. You know, if he can hit eight threes again, yeah, man, we'll take it. Easy money, right? But if not, that's not to be expected. He's a much better shooter, but not quite that high by marksman on a consistent basis. So you are looking at him to hopefully say, okay, I knocked these down. I got in the rhythm. We saw a couple heat checks at the end of game four that he just stepped into, you know? So hopefully, hey, I trust the work I put in. I know these type of shots, and I can continuously put this up. And that's what we're hoping to see moving forward from Finney Smith. So I think we've had enough of a, of a sample size that he can perform in these kind of games with this level of production or whereabouts that we can do a little more than hope. At the same time, I doubt that we're going to see that much like, that was a crazy explosion, man. You know what I mean? Like, eight threes, that, that's, that, that's good for Dorian Finney-Smith just lighting it up. So if we can get between the, the five, five threes a night kind of range for the duration of the series, I think it's possible. He's going to get the looks. You know, the defensive um, game plan for Luka Doncic is simple. Send multiple bodies, send different looks, and that's going to leave the weak side open. That's going to leave, you know, the corners available. And, you know, if anyone's going to find him, it's going to be Luka Doncic. So it's all about stepping in the shots of confidence, and I think he has a heck of a boost after game four. Man, and you hit the nail on the head. Speaking of corner threes, so the Mavericks are shooting the most corner threes in the playoffs. And they're, mm -hmm. they're taking and making the most, making 47% of these threes. Now, I know that the Phoenix Suns were one of the best teams in the NBA in the regular season at taking away the corner three, which we all know is the easiest shot, easiest um, 
easiest three-pointer on the floor in the NBA because it's the closest just by measurement standards and by efficiency standards. And so the fact that they're getting these looks after watching the game and kind of just seeing what, what's happening, you can see that Luca has found a way to draw help on the backside to find open shooters. And it helps that he's six, seven, because obviously everyone isn't capable of finding these shooters at the rate that he is because they're not always playing someone that's so big with, with such elite facilitating skills. And so it's almost as if the Phoenix Suns are daring them to make these shots, even though they're very comfortable with these shots. I don't know if this is a strategic thing by the Phoenix Suns to allow this. And they're just saying, hey, you know, by virtue of percentages, they're not going to continue to make these threes. Or if the Dallas Mavericks are just doing a very good job of making sure they draw the help down low. But that's something that I think will be very interesting to see if that will continue as they keep going in this series, because you have to pick your poison. You're either going to give up the corner three or you're going to keep that guy attached and Luca's going to have the opportunity to get downhill. Do you see that as something that's going to be problematic or is this something that you haven't necessarily saw um, watching the games? No, no, I agree with you. I think this is something that you can definitely count on. Like for the Suns, I think the, the, the truth, as always, kind of lies a little bit in the middle. Maybe the Suns are much more um, open to giving up those types of looks than have Luka Doncic just do work in the, in the Suns secondary line defense, right? So, okay, we'll give up a three-point shooter from, yes, a solid three-point shooter, but let's a 35 to 40% chance, or we're giving, you know, Luka Doncic a point-blank um, look at the rim on of our undersized defenders. We can put them in foul trouble or convert around the basket. So you do have some issues there in terms of what you're trying to do. Um, at the same time, I mean, we've seen this from all three of their guys. I'm looking at Reggie Bullock. I'm looking at Maxi Kleber, and I'm also looking at Dorian Finney-Smith. All three have scored. You know, um, some they all shot somewhere in the realm of 40% from three this postseason and all have made at least 23 threes. So, you know, going in that these guys do have that in their arsenal. And right now, I think what um, Phoenix is trying to do is just try to mitigate um, their options or mitigate their threats and go for the one that is less likely to burn them. Except right now, and a little bit of home cooking has to do with it, they're all getting burnt. You know, this is the common denominator. Luca, they've held in check to a greater extent, but guess what? Now he's racking up assists, finding open guys and knocking down the three. So I do think this is something that can be sort of sustainable. Again, we're going back to Phoenix now. So we'll see, you know, the home court, obviously as a fact, we've seen the role players play better at home. And I think that the last two games have been no exception. It's been a, a exhibit A of that theory, right? So we'll see if their shot does travel at least enough to Phoenix. Uh, Dallas has made the most three so far and also held uh, teams to the fewest amount so that philosophy will stay in place we'll just got to see if the results will translate absolutely and I think <clears throat> I think that's very key can can the supporting cast continue to hold up away from home and can they continue to keep this going because it will be very important um, as they get down there we know Luke is going to show up but will the shot making um, carry over onto the road and just and, and as a as a note and I know you mentioned all those, the guys, Maxi, Dorian, and Reggie shooting very well from three. Maxi shooting 49% from the three. Dorian Finney-Smith is shooting 43% from three. Reggie Bullock is shooting 40% from three. So they're getting really, really good shot making from these guys. At this, mm -hmm. point, at this point, it's just the frequency and consistency at the rate that they'll need it. It's, it's more timely than it is just the overall shot making because obviously – 
you know, if you're not if you're not taking as many um, in a road game, that that can show up as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so looking at Jalen Brunson, another guy that they'll need on the road and to some degree, Spencer Dinwiddie, Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie still had kind of kind of a pedestrian game, 10 points, four assists, four rebounds. It's it's a little frustrating watching him only from the standpoint of this. I think that he just watching, it's almost as if he reads stuff backwards. And what I mean by that is there's times where he has a shot and he either drives or passes it up. There's times where he should drive or pass it up and he takes a shot. And so it just creates this inefficient basketball. And I just don't see a guy who's very decisive and assertive in what he's doing. And even when he is, it just looks ill-timed. Can they survive going back to Phoenix? with a game like what Spencer Dinwiddie gave him yesterday? I don't think so. I think that, okay, there's a slim chance that they can, and the blueprint had to be almost the same as it was in game four, which is a couple of Mavs role players stand out to just a tremendous degree. You have a big night from Dorian Finney-Smith, a decent night from Luca, and another guy, let's say, like Jalen Brunson, right? And the Suns have to be either uncharacteristically bad or uncharacteristically cold. Other than that, I don't see an area where you aren't getting – Spencer Dinwiddie at least playing well. Listen, this isn't an all-hands-on-deck situation for the Maps. If they can get three to four guys showing out, they're at least in it. As long as you're Luka Doncic, you at least have a fighting chance, right? You get two or three guys stepping up, that's great. Spencer Dinwiddie is that guy, in theory, that's supposed to be that, that piece, right? Riding alongside him. In fact, that's the idea when they made the trade, you know, bringing in both him and Davis Bertans. And yet, Davis Bertans had more of an impact on the Maps winning game four than Spencer Dinwiddie. At least that could be argued. So I think that with the Suns going back home, realizing now that it's first to two they're going to come out with the records energy they are a veteran team and you know if they look at this as a hiccup in dallas then they're going to go back to phoenix and try to take care of business if that's the case and i expect it to be this that i expect it to be that then dallas does need spencer Dimitri to be more aggressive or at least just to be more solid if you're not going to be a guy putting the ball in the basket consistently okay fine you don't have confidence in your shot put pressure on the defense you know Work open shots for other guys. Be another guy like Luca that's bringing gravity to the basket so that the defense can collapse and you can find open guys outside. Try to kickstart the offense as a second-side initiator. There's other ways that you can have an impact on the ball on the offensive end without putting it in the basket, although that will be obviously a godsend for Dallas. And I think that's what we need to see from Spencer Dinwiddie if you want to see the Mavericks have a fighting chance. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to be very important for these guys to get off to a great start because I know going back home, Phoenix is going to be, you know, their, their crowd's going to be revved up. They're going to be revved up to get back on the right track after coming down to Dallas and just having a nightmarish two games. Um, and, I, and I'm almost certain, I mean, Chris Paul, has, this was only the fourth time in his career he's ever fouled out. This was the first time he's ever had four, um, four fouls in the first half. I mean, these were these were just, you know, abnormally bad circumstances that they had to endure. I mean, just to put it in perspective, I gave you those two, but also he had seven turnovers in game three. He only had eight turnovers the entire Pelican series. And so when you get games like this, and we always talk about things regressing to the mean, and we knew that at some point the shooting was going to calm down for Phoenix and geez, it, it calmed down in a major way. But, you know, with these bad games, you're also going to get the flip side, which is, you know, Chris Paul's not going to play this bad going back to Phoenix. And so I think it's going to be very important for them to get off to a great start, um, have everyone chipping in. And for that, I mean, for everything that happened, I mean, Luca had 26 points, 11 assists, 
and uh, three steals. But, I mean, he shot one of ten from the three-point line. So they even, you know, so to speak, they, they, left, they, they left some, some money on the table. Yeah, they certainly night, did. Last night in terms of all the hot shooting they got. But, I, but he's a guy that, that's, that will for sure need to set the table and get these guys off to the right start um, when they get back to Phoenix. Um, Davis Bertans, a guy who came in 12 minutes, 12 points, hit four threes. Um, what did you think of his performance? Do you think this is something that's needed, or do you think this is a cherry on top for them going back to Phoenix? I think it's a cherry on top. Listen, you know, he can be easily isolated on the defensive end. Um, he's somebody that's not going to be playing a whole lot of minutes, although situationally being a big that can space the floor out, almost like the Mavericks were able to do with Chris Porzingis back in the day would be great. So I think you just take what you can get with, with, with Bertans. And if you give you a performance like that, obviously you cash in on it. I'm not beating down the doors, expecting that to be the case though. Yeah. And, and, and the thing, thing I like about it is as this series goes along, I talked about these spike games, you know, you're, I think in a series, you're always going to get that, you know, what they call a podium game from several different players if you can keep winning games. And I think it's important that while Luca has carried them over these games, you're starting to get, you know, big performances from different guys on different nights. And it doesn't matter what the mix is, but they will need a mix of two to three guys that will help in a major way, just like they got in this game where, you know, you got a little bit of contribution from several guys. Um, and it was just a three-point barrage. I mean, they hit 23s. They were 20 of 44. They had 14 in the first half, which was the most they had had made in years um, from, uh, from the field. And so that type of hot shooting is something that definitely caters to what you're speaking to in terms of home cooking. But if they can get people to just chip in, and that's something that they just didn't get a lot of in those first two games. They didn't get a lot of help from anyone. Um, not in a not in a way that looked impactful. I mean, at the you look at the final numbers, and there was a few guys that that put together some decent looking numbers, but it wasn't anything that was impactful in terms of helping them as the avalanche was was happening in Phoenix. So I think they will surely need some of these guys to get off to a good start. Obviously, Luca is the head of the snake, and if he can do that, I think they should be in um, should be should be in pretty good shape um, while they're down there. What's the biggest, what's the biggest takeaway? What do you think is the number one thing for them um, going back down to Phoenix? Do you think it's which side do, do you lean on getting off to a better start offensively or getting off to a great start defensively? Which one do you think is more important? Obviously, both are needed, but which one do you think is more important going back to Phoenix for game five? Oh, yeah, man. Of course, both are needed, but I'm definitely on the offensive end. Um, I think defensively, the Mavericks have shown this kind of entwined in their fiber in terms of being a stout defensive unit. Jason Kidd getting the most out of those guys on this end. They've proven this all year. But offense, the the ebbs and the flows, the coming and the going, right? You got to limit that, especially in the game right now where if you lose, you go down 3-2, making Dallas a must-win. You should look at every game as a must-win, but it's easier to do that if your offense is clicking and it's not just Luka Doncic taking, you know, a, a lion's share of that. But if you get in a position where Luka has to generate a normal amount of offense on a consistent basis for most of game five, on the other hand, you're back in the friendly confines of Phoenix, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul can start to isolate um, um, Doncic down the stretch, and then I think we have a recipe for disaster. Then I think you have a team that could be falling off the rails because, let's face it, you know, Luka is a lot of what they do. And on defense, they've carried Luka all year. They've been solid around Luka all year. But offensively, they're going to need some, they're going to need to help them a little bit. So, in my mind, quick start uh, from the offensive end, give these guys the confidence. Let's go, and then throughout the duration of the game, we know now 
when it does start to get crunch time and you start to get the Luca ISOs and the doubling and the traps, you know, okay, find the ball to Dorian Finney's mother weak side. He's knocked down four. Look at what um, Jalen Brunson able to do and turn the game to the lane. You know, he has 17 points on eight of 15 shooting. Whatever the case may be, these guys have confidence now come crunch time and convert big shots and maybe steal a game in Phoenix. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think even getting off to a great start offensively can help can help build the confidence on defense and be a momentum shift. So, um, so yeah, I do think it's going to be important for them to get off to a great start offensively because I just don't see the Suns coming coming back home and struggling <laughs> struggling in terms of scoring points. Um, I think they'll be ready to get after it um, on that end. So I also agree. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully they, I mean, we're in a much different space than we were the first two games in terms of what are they going to do when they came back, come back home. Now we're headed back to Phoenix 2-2. And I mean, at this point, it's a, it's a pick them because I think that the, the Mavericks see that there are things that they can do well, that they found some things that are working. They found a rhythm. Now they're in a comfort zone to have a confidence in themselves that this can, that this can be done. And I think that's the most important thing is when you find confidence, a team becomes much, much different. Um, after they see success. So um, game two, we have tomorrow night, seven o'clock in Phoenix. We'll be tapped in for sure. And um, I'm sure our listeners will. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here with us. Um, You can also please subscribe and download the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. Leave a five-star review, one-star review, whatever in between, but just let us know how you like the show. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Ethos Mavericks and at LB Said It. That's L B S A I D I T. Corbin, same thing. Always a pleasure to have you, man. Where can people find you as well? You know, I always enjoy being on, bro. Thank you again so much. You can find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Uh, there you'll find all my work, Ground Ball Ramble. Another member of the Sports Ethos Podcast Network is there as well. But I appreciate all the love and love linking up with my bro here on uh, Sports Ethos Mavericks. Absolutely. So, You guys be safe out there. We will see you after game five. And with that being said, go Mavs.